Psalm 27. And we will just lift the first verse again, but we will look at much, uh, quite a lot of Scripture tonight in other places. <clears throat> if you remember last week, we looked at the Lord is. The Lord is. And it's the same tonight. We're looking at the Lord is, who he is. And my late friend, Robert, when we, before I buried him last week there, he asked me, or the week before, he, he asked me, um, how do you describe him? And I said to him, Robert, he's indescribable. You'll remember that if you were here last week. And it touched my heart that this psalm was his favorite psalm. And so uh, I, I thought about it and mused on it and pondered over it. And, and these are the findings that I had after we uh, let him to rest that Tuesday, Tuesday week past Tuesday there. And we looked last week at the Lord is. What is he? He is the almighty God. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, omnibenevolent. And we could go on. He's indescribable to man. Yet he is the chiefest among 10,000 to our souls. And yet he is the altogether lovely one in Scripture. And the thing is that whenever we see and hear of people who don't realize who the Lord Jesus is, the Lord Jesus, they think, just came to be as a man born at Bethlehem. I want to tell you that's not true. The Lord Jesus was in eternity. We're going to look at that tonight. The Lord Jesus was the Word of God that was with God and was God. We looked at that last week. We're going to look at more of that. That Word became flesh at Bethlehem. And the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is His name. Notice we looked at the Lord is my light, and tonight we want to look at the Lord is my salvation. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, we need to look at this a little further just for a moment. The Lord is. He just is. He is the great I am. That means he is from eternity unto eternity. The great eternal spirit revealed in scripture to us as the Father, as the Son, and as the Holy Spirit. And here we see this great eternal God come down and die for us in the person of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, a beautiful, sinless spotless, impeccable Son of God, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. We want to look at this more in the Old Testament today, tonight. I'm going to show you quite a lot of scriptures and break some things down for you because people think, well, I'll be a good person and I'll enter God's kingdom. I'll just be a, a, a self-righteous person. I'm not that bad and, and I'm going to get to God's heaven. That's not what the Scriptures tell us, but rather the Scriptures tell us that if a man and woman are not born again, that is fathered from above, they will not enter the kingdom of God. They can't see the kingdom of God. They won't enter the kingdom of God. And the Lord told, Jesus told John, marvel not or don't be surprised that I say unto thee, you must be born again. You must be fathered from your heavenly Father. You must be born again. So it says in Psalm 27 and verse 1, the Lord, we looked at it last week, it is 
It is Jehovah or Yahweh. That is, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Notice here the, the, the term salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is like the word love. It's abstract. It's abstract. What do we mean by abstract? Well, if you were to simply look it up in a dictionary, the word abstract, and this is what I jotted down. It means existing in thought or as an idea, but not having a physical or concrete existence. So love it can be a thought and an idea, but if it's not shown, if it's not manifest in a physical existence, then we can't know it. We only know the love of God because love became flesh in the person of Christ and hung and bled and died in Calvary's tree. The, the, the abstract love, what is it? Becomes flesh in God himself hanging on the cross. For example, grace is the same. It's abstract. How do we tell someone what grace is? It's unmerited favor. Yes, of course it is. It is to receive something that you do not deserve. Yes, it is. But how do I tell a man and a woman who have not yet come to saving knowledge and faith in Christ what that is? How do I explain to them what love is or how do I explain to them what grace is? For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works lest any man should boast, says the Apostle Paul. Saved by grace, unmerited favor, it is to receive something you do not deserve. But how do we tell someone uh, what that is like from our heart? How do we express it? When you see we can't, they must receive it. They must come to experiential knowledge of the grace of God, the saving grace of God, the love of God for them. And that love was hung on Calvary's tree. And that grace was hung on Calvary's tree, hung on the cross and bled and died for us. Salvation, what is it? Well, we can see it in abstract form, yet manifest through Israel. We see it whenever God done great works of deliverance for them. Great works where he, he opened the sea and he had them go through jaw, uh, on foot, uh, dry shod across land between two walls of sea. That was deliverance. I remember uh, whenever the, the, the Scots in Scotland were having the referendum on whether they should have an independent Scotland. Remember the whole big news things before the whole Brexit one night has taken over? And I remember going to speak at a conference on a Saturday morning. I left and got a flight early, and I fly back that night to be in church on Sunday morning. And I remember that Saturday after the meeting I had been preaching, and I congratulated the Scots on keeping the union. I congratulated that and for voting for the union. I congratulated that. And I said, but really, I believe that it was off the Lord. It's a work of God. And I says, God has saved Scotland. Well, this man came after me. And, uh, and he was friendly now, but he came and he says, I just, want to, uh, I just want to correct one little thing you said there, Pastor. And I says, well, what, what is it that you would like to correct? He said, we were not saved. We've been delivered. And I says, what do you mean? He says, this is the first time they'll bring another one and they'll bring another one until they try and get their very end and goal. You see, the difference between deliverance is you can be delivered, you can be taken away from things and you always have other deliverances to be had in your life. But when Christ saves you, when Christ saves your soul, 
the man and the woman are one time, once for all, at the cross, in repentance. They're washed in the blood and they're forgiven off their sin. That's the difference. So I, can, I hope you see tonight when we talk about the Lord is my salvation. The word in the Old Testament is abstract in the sense that they seen the works of God. God delivered them, Israel from the hands of their enemies. God delivered Israel from all of those heathen nations around about them. And he delivered them time and time again. But salvation is something that's experienced. Salvation is a one-time thing that a man and a woman has in their life. Now, here's the question for you, friend. Are you saved? Have you been to Calvary's tree? Are you saved? Are you born again of the Spirit? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you saved? Notice here, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The word for salvation here, if you're writing it down, is the word yesha. Yesha. And it means to rescue. The Lord rescues me. To deliver. The Lord delivers me. To bring to safety, the Lord brings us. See, he's talking about uh, the psalmist of himself, but also the deliverance that he brought from many occasions. But he's also talking about not just the deliverance, but he's talking about the nation being brought out in Israel. And the times of their deliverance and their, their being brought to safety. And it means the Lord has brought us to a place of prosperity. Could someone go out there? Those are running around that hall. There's a whole group of them out there, please. Thank you. They run up and down the hall. Thank you. It means to bring to a place of prosperity. And you see, whenever the Lord saves, he brings you to a place of prosperity. Now I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel here. I'm talking about your soul prospers for eternity. Your soul is ready for the kingdom. Your sins have been forgiven And so he says, the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord, Jehovah, the Lord is my light, but the Lord is my Yeshua. Now take note of that. For example, in Psalm 62, it says, In God is my salvation, my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Notice, in God is my Salvation. Will you turn with me to Psalm 62, please? Just for a few moments. Thank you. Notice what verse 1 says. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. The word here for God is the word Elohim. It is singular yet plural. And here he's saying, this is the God of creation. This is the God that spoke the worlds into being and framed the very uh, interstellar planetary systems. That God, he says, truly my soul. Truly the soul of David, the king of Israel. Truly the soul of Ken Davidson. Truly the soul of every man and woman must wait upon the creator of that soul. The creator of the heavens and the earth. For from him, from the creator, Cometh my salvation. Notice the word. Cometh my salvation. Now the word there is very similar. It's a word, Yeshua. Yeshua. And if you haven't caught hold of what that word is yet, 
Let's read verse 2. He only is my rock. God is my rock and my salvation. The word salvation is, again, Yeshua. God is my rock and my Yeshua. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And then when we go to verse 7, in Elohim, in God, in Elah, the mighty God, is my salvation, my Yesha. It's the same sort of word. My name is Ken. Sometimes uh, my family call me Kenneth, and, and sometimes I even, one or two people, my friend Robert used to call me Kenny sometimes. It's very few like. But yet it's the same similar names and types, and that's what it is. It's a, the name of salvation. Now I notice this. He says, In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. The word Yeshua, the word Yeshua, or the word Yeshua, they're all the same similar root word, and it's where we get the word Yeshua, Hamashiach in the Hebrew, which is Jesus the Messiah. Jesus, Messiah. Now let's read it like that. Truly my soul waiteth upon Elohim, the great creator God. From Elohim cometh my Yeshua. From Elohim cometh Jesus. Yes, he is truly very God, a very God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And verse 14 of John chapter 1 says, And that word, the word, was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Brothers and sisters, here is the Lord Jesus Christ in the very Psalms, being sung about by the psalmist. Here he is. He just didn't start at Bethlehem. Now, when we think of this, this is the one who is the God of Israel. This is the one who follows them and guides them at the same time through the wilderness. And notice even what it says in Psalm 18 and verse 2. The Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh God. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Notice what the psalmist here is saying. The Lord is my rock. The book of Deuteronomy, 30 chapter 32 speaks of the rock that followed Israel. And the Lord said, I am that rock. In 1 Corinthians pardon me, chapter 10, Paul tells us of the rock that followed Israel. There was a spiritual rock. Yes, there was a, a literal rock, they say, followed Israel, which was Jacob's pillars, pillow stone. But here he's talking about the spiritual rock, which was God. And that rock, we're told, was Christ. And that rock was Christ. Now, what am I trying to put over here today? I'm trying to put over to you that the one whom they took with cruel hands, 
They won't let the Jewish mob cry, crucify him, crucify him, away with him. We will not have this man to reign over us in Jerusalem that day. The one Pontius Pilate had him taken away to be whipped and beaten and taken to Calvary to die. The one who was nailed hand and foot The one who hung and bled on the cross at Calvary is none other than the God of Israel himself come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what I'm saying. And he's the one who came to save us. He's the one who came to deliver us. He's the one who came to redeem us. And this one hung and bled and died on a cross. And men and women think, well, I'll just be good. Self-righteousness is rife in the heart of man. And self-righteousness rife in the heart of man brings man down to the dust of death and to a lake of fire. So someone here thinks they're good enough for glory. Is there someone here thinks they are good enough for glory? The scriptures tell us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Am I speaking to someone who has fallen away from Christ? Am I speaking to someone you used to walk with him and you loved him? Maybe even you served him well. Am I speaking to someone that you were always maybe at your meetings and you loved the Lord Jesus? You had a prayer life and a relationship with him and you've fallen away. You've went into the world. You've done whatever the world had and you've taken off those cisterns that the world has offered you. I'm speaking to someone like that tonight. We'll see this one who hung and bled and died on the cross is here for you tonight. And he says, come back to me. Come back again. And give yourself wholeheartedly unto him like the prodigal son returning to the father. Listen to what it says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We read Psalm 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Listen to Psalm 23. We all know it off by heart. The Lord is my... What is it? Well, you know it better than that. The Lord is my... The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall want for nothing. He maketh me to lie down. In green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. What a shepherd. What a, a Christ. What a, what a God. What a savior. The Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know what the psalmist says? Just for time's sake. Listen to what he says about this shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, here he's preaching to the crowd. The psalmist is preaching to you and to me through this. He's preaching to the crowd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And he turns his heart to heaven and lifts up his eyes. Why will you fear no evil, David? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Can you say that? Can you say that? Should that be your turn? Lord, I won't fear 
Should death come to me because you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You know what he goes on to say? Thou preparest a table. Don't say he brings you a little plate full. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, or surely goodness and mercy is going to hunt me down. The goodness of God, the mercy of God hunts me down every day. God wants to be good to you, friend, and maybe you just won't let him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And here is the assurance of the salvation of the psalmist. And I will, not I might. See, there's no might. Are you saved? Will you get to God's heaven? Will you be in God's glory? Will you see Christ face to face as your Savior and not your judge? Well, I might, I might, I might. No, it's assurance that you've been to Calvary and it's a, it isn't a might or a maybe. I will. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever. Forever. What an assurance this Christ brings. What a salvation he gives. Notice. That's what it says in Psalm 28 and verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? And even through this day and daily walk, he helps me. Friend, he doesn't save you and then doesn't give you help. You know what he does? He gives you the blessed Holy Spirit. <laughs> he gives you the Holy Ghost, and he lives in you, in the person of the Holy Ghost. Here we have, here we have, the Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trusted in him. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. You know why? I know some people think, and maybe I'll I'll put it to myself, because I don't want to offend anyone. Who is that header up there? Look at that fool, that Clown, that idiot. Who is he? Is he no shame? Singing and rejoicing and lifting his hands and, and praising the Lord. And, and listen, if I really get going, I'll kick my shoes off and dance up and down the aisle. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength and I'll start to move and do the soft shoe shuffle. <laughs> the Pentecostal two-step. You haven't seen that yet, sure you haven't. (laughs) Who is he? I'll tell you who I am. My song and my praise is for him because he saved me by his grace. He went to the cross and shed his blood for me. I love Psalm 54 and verse 4. Behold, I love it. Listen to the way it just opens up here. Psalm 54, verse 4. Behold, God is 
mein Helper. God is present tense, not in the future. He will be in the future, but I'm not there yet. He already is there waiting on me getting there. You're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about next week. You're worried about an appointment coming up. Listen, who was the first one that was in the ark when Noah was told to build the ark? Who was the first one? You think it was Noah? Was it his sons? Was it their wives? God was the first in the ark. The Bible tells us so. He says, come nigh in thine house into the ark. He's already in your future if you give your life to him. He's already there waiting to be your helper. Through your day and your daily struggles. I don't know how people get by without him. Because I didn't. Because all of my life, right up. Oh, of course I had done well at sports and I grew up. And I was always in trouble from a young boy though. And then whenever alcohol got the hold of me. And when drugs got the hold of me. And when they had their finished end almost with me. And I should have died. He rescued me. He's my helper. He's my deliverer. Christ is my saviour. <laughs> Am I getting too excited? <laughs> How can you not when he's saved us? Yes, I'm a fool. <laughs> I'm a fool for Christ. Notice, behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. The Lord is with them. Well, who is the Lord? The Lord is, and he's with you. <laughs> He's with you when you need to pray. He's with you when you're praying for the loved one. He's with you when you've got your children on your heart or you've got your parents or some man or woman down the street. He's with you because you're starting to uphold, as it were, their soul. You're bringing them before God. Oh, God, Father, Jesus, will you save them? Save their soul from a devil's hell. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. The Lord is here tonight. The Lord is here. And he's with us. He's here. I want you to take note now. The Holy Spirit is here. In Psalm 94 and verse 22 says, But the Lord is my defense. The Lord is my defense. He defends me from the enemy's attack. He defends me from the ways of the devil. He defends me from all who would come against me. The Lord is my defense. The Lord is my defense and my God is the rock of my refuge. There's the rock again. It's like in Matthew 7 when the Lord Jesus tells the story of the two men. One builds his house on the sand and the other builds his house upon a rock. And the winds come and the rain comes and beats upon the houses. And the one that's built in the sand, it all falls down. 
tumbles down around him. But the one that is built upon the rock still stands. I want to tell you something. If you build your house upon this rock, it'll stand for eternity. There's people building their house in sand tonight. There's people building their house on sand, empty dreams, chasing vanities. Build your house in Christ, the solid rock. Notice Psalm 118 and verse 6. I love this. Just a little line of it. I love it. The Lord is on my side. (laughs) The Lord is on my side. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is on my side. This reference of Psalm 118, verse 6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. This reference is actually taken and used in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 13 and verse 5, where the Lord is on his side always continually with the believer. And listen to what it says. The Lord says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm going to say it again. The Lord says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. This is the way, it, it's, a, it's an improper verb in the original text. And it means it's, it's unfinished, it keeps going, it's perpetual. And this is the way I will read to you. The Lord says, I will never, 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 never leave thee. And I will never, 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 never forsake thee. It's his faithfulness, brothers and sisters. It's his faithfulness. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Back to front is the same. Thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. In verse 6 of Hebrews 13, it says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now listen. Psalm 27 and verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. He's my Yeshua. He's a Yeshua from him. From God, Elohim, comes Jesus. Very God of very God. Comes man, very man of very man, the God man. Notice what Exodus 14 and verse 30 says The Lord saved Israel that day out of the hands of the Egyptians. It's the same word. It was abstract, without material existence or form. And they could only see the salvation as he splits the sea. There's your salvation manifest in an open sea. Manifest by a wind blowing. Manifest by dry ground. But when Christ comes and we see him hanging and bleeding and dying on the cross of Calvary. So there he is. A bodily existence and a bodily form of the salvation of the Lord. Not only Jesus does save. Jesus is salvation personified. And when we look at him at Calvary, we see him bleeding and dying for us. And oh, there is our salvation. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, people? 
what is this all about? Emulating saints and, and practicing their practices. What is all this about? Protestant churches doing the same. What is this all about? Working for salvation. A ritual and, and ceremony. What is all this about? Even the thought of a rebuilt Jewish temple where salvation will be by the blood of animals again. Listen, friend, there's only one way to be saved and it's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not by the blood of bulls or goats, nor all the animals slain on the altars, but by the blood of Christ on Calvary's cross. How would you get to heaven? Would you turn with me, please, to Isaiah 43? Isaiah 43. You know something? The Lord is here. Conscious of him? I'm conscious of him. I can feel him. I know he's with me. And at times I'm even struggling to bring this to you. Because I can sense him with me. The anointing of the Spirit is here. Notice Isaiah 43. Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. Notice right down, here's Israel's creator. And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall a flame kindle upon thee. You can write there Israel's keeper. Verse 3, For I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Notice it's a capital S. Personification. Speaking of Jesus. I am thy Savior. Yeshua, his Hebrew name, Yeshua. I am, he says, a way back, Yeshua. Isaiah chapter 6, he sees him on a throne. Isaiah sees him and his train fills the temple. And above him stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. And he said, Isaiah writes, And with his uh, twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Who did he see but the Lord Jesus Christ? Look at Isaiah 63, please. Chapter 63. Brothers and sisters, let's lift up Jesus tonight. Let's lift him up. He says, And I, if I be lifted up from off the earth, I will draw all men unto me. 
all men, types of men. You know, see, see the cross, he hangs between heaven and earth, and I, see, he's on the throne in Isaiah 6, and he's having the worship of the seraphims and the cherubims, and all the heavenly hosts of glory are there, and he just condescends right down and becomes a man. The Son of God goes all the way to the cross. From the throne to the cross of Calvary. You think you're going to get to heaven? You think you're going to get saved by being a good person when God sent his son all the way to the cross? That's what it took to save your soul. He says, and I, if I be lifted up from off the earth, I will draw all men unto me, or all types of men, all types of women. He draws the religious, draws the Catholic, draws the so-called Protestant. He draws a Muslim or he draws a Jew or he draws a whoever, whosoever will. He draws them. Those whom he knew from before the foundation of the earth. He draws the, the woman who has been living a life of unrepute. He draws her. The woman that nobody wants, and he draws her. He goes to the man who's even been the drunkard and the drug addict, and he draws them. He draws them as he hung between heaven and earth by his Holy Spirit. He draws them to Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Notice Isaiah 63, verse 7, please. A golden nugget of Scripture. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed upon us. And the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude of his loving kindness. Isn't that beautiful? I'd love to be able to pray like that. For he went out seeking the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He went out seeking lost sheep like you and like me. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all the Lord has bestowed upon us. What has God done for you, brother, sister? Notice verse 8. For he said, surely they are my people. Hallelujah. I am the Lord's. Surely. God says, they are mine. Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their savior. He was their Yeshua. He was Jesus. Notice verse 9. Tell me, does this not remind us of the cross? In the reflection... 
he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bare them and carried them all the days of old. Christ redeemed me at Calvary. Redeemed you at Calvary. And he's bare me along ever since. I want to show you one more thing in a few verses here. I'm going to close. Will you turn to Isaiah chapter 12, please? Isaiah 12. Let's just read the first three verses. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God, or El, that means Almighty God, is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord. Yah is the word for Yahweh. The Lord, Jehovah, is my strength and my song. He has also become, Jehovah has become my salvation. And the word here for salvation every time is the word Yahshua. Behold, God is my Yahshua, my Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord, or Yah, Jehovah, is my strength and song. He is become my Jesus. Therefore, because of him, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now note that, mark that. Draw water out of the wells of salvation. Go with me to John chapter 4 in the New Covenant, please, in the New Testament. John chapter 4, the Lord Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And the Lord Jesus, he meets a woman at the well. And the woman has had five husbands. She's with one man number six. She's had five husbands. She's with man number six. She's out in the heat of the day because obviously she's a woman that nobody wants anything to do with, but Jesus knew exactly where to find her. And he finds her at a place called Sykers Well. And just let your eye run down for time's sake with me. Verse 11, the woman said unto him, pardon me, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, and from whence hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Yes, he is. <laughs> Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go and call thy husband and come hither. So he tells her to go and get her husband. And she says, I haven't uh, got a husband. He says, yeah, you're right. You've had five. You're with number six. 
He asked this woman for a drink at a well. She says, you have nothing to draw with. And this is what he says. If you ask me, you knew who I was. If you just knew me. Now listen, friend, very carefully. If you just knew him. If you just knew him. Who he was. Who he is. You would ask me and I'd give you water. There would be a well in you springing up into everlasting life. What does it say? You'll draw waters out of the wells of Yeshua. Isaiah 12, isn't that what it says? And here he comes, the water well of the Holy Ghost, the water well of God the Father. And here he comes pouring himself out through the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me Jesus isn't God. Turn with me to John 7. This is our last closing verse, verses, reading. Just let your eye run down. John chapter 7, please, verse 32. The Pharisees, that's the Jewish leaders, heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him, that is to take the Lord Jesus. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. In other words, I'm going to die, and I'm going to ascend into my Father, up to my Father in heaven. The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. Oh, pardon me, I'm on the wrong side. (laughs) Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go? That we shall not find him. Will he go to the dispersed, or that these are the Israelites that were dispersed among the Gentiles or the nations, and teach them there? That is the Gentiles. What manner of saying is this that he said, Ye shall seek me and not find me, and whither I am, thither ye cannot come. Now listen, friend, here's the important part of this. There's a place where Christ is. There's a place where Christ is. And if you don't know him, thither you cannot come. I'm going to say it again. There's a place where Christ is, and if you don't know him, thither you cannot come. You can't go there. That's his kingdom. He said it to religious leaders too. Hey? Religious leaders. Notice what he says in verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth in me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit. Capital S is the Holy Spirit. Which they that believe in him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Notice Jesus in verse 37, it says, at the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Out of the waters of the wells of salvation, Isaiah says in 12, chapter 12, out of the waters of the wells of Yahshua. You see, the prophets through the spirit of prophecy, he's coming He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. 
Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Hosea and Amos and Zechariah and Zephaniah and Haggai and so on and so on and so on. They pointed ahead. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And Jesus comes and says, I am come. I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. Here's what happened as I close this. The last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And they used to go out and build booths, reminded them of their travelings of Israel in the wilderness. I'm going to take the, the feast days of the Lord maybe sometime and show you the pictures of Christ right through it. So as disciples go on ahead of him, and on the last day of the feast, that great day of the feast, the great day was at the end of the feast days. And they lived in these booths, reminded them of, of, of their travelings out of Egypt, and, and the last day of the feast they called a solemn assembly, and there they had slain all the animals, and the, the blood was everywhere. Blood pouring down the altar, and the blood was on the ground, and they would have come across then, and they all lined up, And the priests got golden vessels on their shoulder, solemnly walking up to the altar that last day, the great day of the feast. And as they stand there where the animals have been slain and all the blood, and they poured out these golden vessels full of water. And the water went and washed the blood, and there was a river of water and blood going down. Next thing they blew the shofar, the ram's horn, and it sounded all over Jerusalem, thousands and thousands of them. Oh, what a glorious day. It's the last day, the great day of the feast. What a blessed time we have had. But listen, when they go home, they go home on their own with their own sin and with their own problems. And they close the door and they're still the same way that they came to the feast. Jesus stands and cries, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. The only saying, You come to me and I'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll go home with you. Friend, tonight, the Lord will give you the Holy Ghost to go home with you, to help you, to see you. Unto the day of redemption. So Robert asked me, Can how do you describe him? On his deathbed. Emaciated. Put his hand on his wee shoulder. He's a big strong man and it's like a child's. It's like a child's. Face collapsed then. And he looks up and he says, Ken, how do you describe him? I thought for a moment. I said, Robert, he's indescribable. 
He lifted his arms so thin and weak and he started singing praises unto Jesus. What if that was you? There's no sin he cannot forgive. But the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. What if it was you going out into eternity tonight? What if death wrapped your door? saved this one who came hung and bled and died on that day when you stand before God he's not going to ask you how good you are how well you done in work he's not going to ask you how rich you are or how poor you are he's not going to ask you any of these things he's looking for the blood of his son looking for the blood of Jesus when I see the blood he says I will pass over you I trust you're saved tonight I trust you will give your life to Christ tonight he turned my life around he turned all our lives around but not only that he saved us from a lake of fire may God bless his holy inspired word to our hearts this evening. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Praise God.